ESPN's The Far Post podcast. We're back for yet another Women's World Cup preview episode. We've made our way to Group G. So Group G is the group of South Africa, Sweden, Italy and Argentina, which is, I reckon, a fun group, to be honest. Definitely looking forward to the matches in this one. We have someone from South Africa that's going to be joining us to chat all things South African women's football. We're very, very excited. But before we get into it, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri and Gadigal people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. So for today's episode, you've got me, Marissa Lodanik, Anna Harrington, Sam Lewis, Angela Christian-Wilkes, and freelance journalist from South Africa, Leonard Solm. So Leonard, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. We're really excited to talk to you about this South Africa team. I think the place we kind of need to start, though, is backtracking a little bit to the 2022 Women's African Cup of Nations, because it was obviously a huge tournament for this team. So can you kind of explain to our listeners a little bit just how massive this tournament was for South Africa and how massive this win was for this team? Mm, um, Well, the first thing you need to know is year after year, generation after generation, South Africa were always in the running for a Women's Africa Cup of Nations title, um, but just kept narrowly missing out, falling short in the semifinals, falling short in the final. Um, yeah, Nigeria were, were the one team that, that always had our number. There was a phase when Equatorial Guinea, um, yeah, when, when, when they had a had, had a, a bit of a golden era. Um, yeah, South Africa... The men won the Africa Cup of Nations in 1996. That was a, a great moment for the country. Um, it was right off the back of democracy finally being won. So South Africa was experiencing like that, that golden era for our sports in the, in the 90s. Um, and then um, football just on the men's side just completely dipped, um, as did many sports. And it's definitely linked to it's linked to just governance in general in the country dipping but in recent years women's football despite everything despite even worse governance on on their side i think um even more neglect than on the men's side women's football against against all odds um yeah it it rose and we we had icons in in past generations Porsche Modise um that was the generation that that, that sort of um, players playing overseas started becoming a little bit more normal. Um, but I think this current generation, it's it's been taken to the next level. Um, and before before South Africa won the, the Women's Africa Cup of Nations in 2022, we'd already seen some of the players in in, in this in the current era. Um, getting really big overseas moves. Um, yeah, I mean, we had we had Tembi Katlana, who obviously had scored our opening goal at the the 2019 Women's World Cup. She she'd been all over Houston Houston Dash, um, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, Lin- Linda Motlalo, the midfielder, um, pretty much everywhere Tembi went, she was there too. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose some of some of the the senior players, um, who who really were were sort of on their way on their way out, um, out of like the the main 
the main leadership group, the likes of Janine van Weyck, um, who was who was also there in 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 Houston. They they kind of played a big role as as well in just creating a culture of um yeah of 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 just of a, a group that that could play at the the top level where it was it was normalized and um i think our our local league definitely wasn't um it's it's not where it should be even now but um it's it's come a long way i mean the calf women's champions league was was um was started in I think I think the competition was first announced maybe three or four years ago, and then obviously COVID um, put a hold on things. But the the inaugural final in 2021 was won by a South African club, Mamelodi Sundowns. Um, and after we had in 2018 narrowly missed out on the Women's Africa Cup of Nations title, and then Mamelodi Sundowns uh, won. At, on on club club level, the CAF Women's Champions League. I think the country was just, just we just felt you know this could actually be our year. Something was just in the air, and um, Nigeria, they, they they're not they're not the force that they they used to be. Still, probably the best team on paper, but um, yeah, there have been many issues within their camp in the last few years. Um, probably three times now that the. the the Nigeria squad has has protested during tournaments um, about yeah the, the conditions for women's players and so I think that we felt that that there was a little bit of disharmony over there and it it was finally time um, but what didn't help things even though we got off to a good start our first game was against Nigeria we won that one um, but what didn't help was three or four games into the tournament, Tembi Katlana actually picking up an injury that ended her tournament. And um, yeah, I mean, that after after that, it was it was kind of a case of, okay, where where are the goals going to come from? But definitely, I mean, the team, the team picked up, picked up the baton. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel, I feel that even, um, even in the some of the games where maybe luck was was on our side, um, you, you just kind of felt um, after after she was injured and, and and we kept we kept playing at a at a good level. You just kind of felt it, it it was our year. And the final, I think, against the hosts Morocco. Even though we were playing against the hosts, I I don't think that I don't think anyone in South Africa certainly expected us to lose that game. Um, I think we felt from the first whistle, even though it ended 2-1, um, definitely felt like South Africa were in control of that game from, from start to finish. And um, I think with every passing tournament, 2018 Women's Africa Cup of Nations, which was a, a narrow miss. Um, yeah, the, the, the 2019 FIFA World Cup, our debut in the tournament, Tembi Katlana scoring that, that, that goal, and then... Even more so, the 2021 CAF Women's Champions League and the 2022 Women's Africa Cup of Nations. Every passing tournament just made the, the public fall more and more in love with our women's football and Banyana Banyana, our, our women's national team. Um, I remember my mom said to me 
in the the final, which which I I watched I watched with her, um, she was saying that it was the first time she had she had actually sat down and watched the national team the women's national team play, um, and I think it was that was that was the case whether the moment for for a lot of people came in 2018 in, in 2019 or in um in the 2022 AFCON many people had that that very first very first moment of, of falling in love with Banyana Banyana and I think that um right now I mean to be fair it's, it's probably quite similar in in Australia um a lot of people I think there's a sort of excitement even though obviously like the men still have more publicity and, and stuff behind them. Um, there's a certain type of excitement around women's football that not only like hasn't been present for a long time with our men, but it it's um, it's it's just rarely rarely present. Um, it's rarely present in our in our sports. Um, we we do have we we've got one or two exceptional like sports teams and definitely some exceptional athletes who've, who've given us some great moments over the years but that gen- generally i think in the country that buzz of the 90s has been lost in most aspects but banyana banyana that that buzz it's, it's very much there and i think that yeah people are really really excited for for the women's world cup and i think with with the group that the group that we're in i think um even though we're still very much the underdogs, there is a sense that we could do better than last time. Um, the recent successes of Banyana Banyana have, well, you can perhaps answer this, have maybe coincided with the um, appointment of Desiree Ellis um, as coach. And I'm, I'm just interested in, yeah, her role in, in the recent success, like, how important has she been? Has there have there been other factors at play, like perhaps more investment in the local league? And and as you mentioned, there's been a lot of overseas moves, so a kind of core, more professionalized players. But yeah, um, what what influence has she had on these outcomes? Um, to be fair, I think that most would agree that whatever whatever people's opinions are on, on Des Ellis most agree that the real turning point for South African women's football was the appointment of Vera Pau before her. Um, I mean, Vera Pau herself, obviously, um, she. Th- there are some who love her, some, some who don't across the world, but there's no doubt that South Africa needed someone with, with that just dedication to, to setting up grassroots structures. Um, yeah, I mean... During her time in charge, a lot of the players who I was speaking about, the likes of, of Tembi Katlana, for one, really came through and, and blossomed in a way maybe they wouldn't have. And definitely, um, I mean, there's uh, there's part of part of really the, the role of being Banyana Banyana coach is fighting for equal, equal treatment within um, the South African Football Association. And yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's been well documented that that Vera Pau really really like she had the teams back. I think um, she got a little bit a little bit um, tired of fighting those battles at a certain point. Um, off the back of the 2016 Olympics, ahead of the 2018 Women's Africa Cup of Nations, Des Ellis took over. Um, the foundations were definitely already laid, but yeah, I mean, 
definitely Des Ellis has, has molded it into her team, taken it to the next level. And I think that more than the players relating to her, I think the country really relates to her. And her presence in that team is a major factor in just South Africa getting so excited. It's one of one of our own um, former former player, former captain of the of the side, um, who who grew up who yeah grew up in a in a a, a sort of a an, an underprivileged but football loving community. Um, yeah, has a has a close friendship with another another national icon, Benny McCarthy, as well. Um, her her presence in that that side has really been a major factor in in just really getting Banyana Banyana to the next level, both on and off the pitch. Um, I will say this as as well, like the same way Vera Pau, some love her, some don't. It it's the same with uh, with Des Ellis. She has actually, despite the success over the years, she has constantly. Um, faced some criticism over over her team selection even from some very very high profile people within South African women's football um the one criticism that you very very often hear oh she has her favorites um former goalkeeper Rosanne Barker said that Portia Modise who I mean is one of the biggest legends in South African women's football she said ahead of the 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 Women's Africa Cup of Nations um even that that squad, it, it it was it was Des Ellis's squad, but it wasn't the best squad available, um, which caused a lot of controversy. But I think that you really, really got to give credit because um, Des Ellis never let any of the outside noise really um, detract from her mission. And you definitely you can't you can't argue with success. Um, and as you said, from the minute that she's walked in through the door. Um, results have just gone to the next level and the criticism that's nothing new but every time there's been there's been criticism and prediction of oh the, the team is going to go downhill now she's defied that we're talking a lot about squads here that so i may as well ask you for those folks listening to this podcast there are some names that are a little bit familiar you've already mentioned there themi katlana for example linda motlalo and rafalo jane who actually played here in australia for a couple of seasons but for out, those sort of outside of those big stars who are playing at those big clubs overseas who do you reckon are some names in this squad that we should be keeping an eye on in the tournament uh, well, I mean, I, I definitely think that South Africa has one of one of the most exciting goalkeepers, um, Andy Litlamini, in in Africa. Um, I think, I think that obviously there there's some other names in that squad that may be may be recognisable, uh, Noko Matlu, but she's she's one of the older the older players in the squad, and. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, if if you're looking for for players who who are who are new and and um and maybe are going to going to surprise a few people, um, I think I think Jermaine Suyoposenwe. If if you if you saw any of the Women's Africa Cup of Nations, um, I mean, she's not a new face in the squad, but she may be new for for um those who are those who are looking on from outside because. She play plays uh, plays her club football in in Mexico, 
uh, with she's just recently signed for Monterrey. I think, I think that um, she's a very underrated component of that team. And I mentioned, I mentioned that that Tembi Katlana was injured at the Women's Africa Cup of Nations. I think Jermaine Siopasenwe and and Hilda Makaya will play very very instrumental roles. Um, one thing that I think people sometimes misunderstand about Tembi Katlana is she is not just a pure out and out goal getter. If you compare her scoring records to the records of the likes of Asisat Osuala, um, yeah, she's not she's not um, she's not someone who who builds her game on on just being prolific with with finishing. So there are others even when when Katlana is at her best, there are others who need to need to step up and score. And so to have to have that depth in the 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 forwards department is really really helpful. Um yeah, I think I think that um there's a there's a pretty healthy blend within the squad of 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 youth and experience. And um, also of overseas base players and and local players, I think that I mean outside of the ones you mentioned, if I had to if I had to pick one person who um, maybe wouldn't have come onto people's radars outside of the world, like sorry outside of outside of South Africa and the country she's she's been playing in, um, yeah, Jermaine Siopasenwe. How come? <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, you, you, this is your one, your one to watch. Why? I, I just, I think that, first of all, as I mentioned, she, she could play a key role in terms of getting goals for the team, but um, she also just, just works incredibly hard, and is is really, really skillful, and I think um, she is also, she does have some, some experience. Not, she's not. Um, She's not one of the, the the absolute veterans of the team, like like Noko Matlo, but um, yeah, she's played she's played in in major tournaments, played a, played a role that has maybe um, gone a little bit more unnoticed than than Refilwejane and um, Tembi Katlana, Linda Motlalo, but yeah, still very very much an important part of the team. Um, and yeah, her and, and, and Hilda Makaya, if, if anything happens to Tembi Katlana, or even just if the team needs another goal getter, yeah, there's Ellis will lean, will lean on one of them. Just Marissa before, um, describe this as a fun group. I like to think of it as chaotic as well. Um, I think when you look at this, this group, you've got Sweden would be clear favorites to progress, but when you've got South Africa, you've got Italy, Argentina, it, it does seem fun. It, it seems like it, Every team that goes into that group will go. Yeah, we're, we're a chance of progressing. What What are the expectations in terms of this team, and how you know how real does it feel that South Africa can get through to the knockouts? Um, I think all of us know that we're underdogs for starters. Um, I think Argentina we may fancy our chances against because they have only only participated at the World Cup to the best of my memory four times. They have, they've also like us never made it past the group stage. Um, they were, they were third in their continental championship. So yeah, I mean with them, maybe we could cause an upset Italy. 
Um, I think I think that with them, we we know that we're underdogs. We know that Italy is a few steps ahead of us. They've got a, a professional league that, I mean, it's a new professional league. Um, women's football is is still still catching up to where it could be in Italy, but um, yeah, if we get anything about, uh, against them, uh, we know it would be a major upset. Yeah, Sweden, like you said, clear favourites. Um, they're they're the they're the team really that I think will be really excited to 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 play against. But anything we get in that game will will really just be a bonus. I think. Yeah, there's it's it's pretty it's pretty well documented their their women's their women's football history the stars that they have so oh and also just just the depth the depth in the squad um and i mean what they've achieved in previous generations they're still achieving now so i i think i think that no one's really expecting us to advance from our group but there is still that hope and even if we even if even if south africa don't advance even just picking up a win um or a, a couple of draws i think would get the country really really excited i mean last world cup we scored one goal and we lost all our games and i i i don't want to say that people saw it as a success but just that one goal uh that moment gave so much hope to to so many people so even though after the tournament the mood was mixed, maybe some positivity, some negativity, I think that that we know that um, we're heading into this tournament, and and if we get a few moments to 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 really celebrate, then that um, yeah that that that's um that's something. If we if we advance advance past the group stage, that's just incredible. You've alluded here to the kind of, I guess, position that South Africa occupies in relation to Nigeria, but I'm just wondering, is there any banter there But it, as South Africa have kind of like gotten some achievements under their belt? Is there, yeah, I, I suppose we have here in Australia a rivalry with New Zealand, um, which is also, I guess, another question. If there's any teams that South Africa um, more close by, they have that that kind of tension with as well but yeah that's banter basically is it there mm. um yes Ni- nigeria is definitely the main one i think that um we're used to viewing them as our rivals in pretty much everything not even just sport i mean two of two of africa's biggest biggest economies and um i think that we as south africans and nigerian people we, we in some ways, we're quite similar. Like we're 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 leaders in the the worlds of of, of music. We we're um, okay. They're more than us, but we're we're there as far as as far as Africa goes. Um, have similar sense sense of humor. Um, Nigeria are always adamant as far as as far as men's football goes. They're always adamant that we shouldn't have won uh, the 1996 Africa Cup of Nations. Um, really like they were the best team in Africa at the time it should have been it should have been them as far as um as far as the women's football goes they've always yeah they've they've always had had our numbers so we didn't really have a leg to stand on until until recently but i definitely feel that that 
before the last um, Women's Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah, Nigeria. I, th- I think um, the two games where it got the most heated in terms of fan back and forth on Twitter, definitely Nigeria and Zambia. But Nigeria just on another level. Um, yeah, the rivalry is very, very strong. Speaking of all of those nations, this is the first time that a Women's World Cup has featured four African countries. We're seeing two debutants in Zambia and Morocco. How important do you think this will be for women's football in Africa as a continent? Do you think that this will be a bit of a kickstarter for a lot of these federations to take women's football a bit more seriously because they know there are going to be more and more slots opening up for Women's World Cup qualification in future? Um, I think that first of all, it it will definitely it will be it will be a kickstarter because it means there's there's more chance these opportunities are not just going to be reserved um, reserved for super teams like like Nigeria of the nineties etc. Um, yeah, if there's a chance, then then there's a better chance on return on investment. Um, but also, I just think that Zambia certainly. And um, Zambia, I mean, I think that the two teams, it's two different situations. With Zambia, what we saw at the Olympics, I think we're going to kind of see again, where they don't have a squad that can really compete um, for for wins against the big sides, but they have some players in that that group. Um, Barbara Banda being the one who, who really who really stood out during the Olympics. Yeah, there's 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 also yeah I mean there's 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 Grace Grace Chanda as well, um, yeah I mean I think I think that we're going to see a few players um, stick their head up and show that that they are genuine stars, and it's going to inspire inspire Zambia, inspire some of the other some of the other so-called smaller football nations, um, yeah i i i for lack of a better word because zambia is a football loving country no doubt about it um i think that morocco it's different because i actually believe and i mean i've i've had a few arguments with people about this not everyone agrees with me i actually believe out of all the african countries at the tournament morocco probably stand the best chance of progressing i think that in the end the group that that they're in will it, it, it will give them kind of an outside chance just because I think I think um, South Africa, like I said, we know Argentina is, is um, th- that's a team we can we can compete against. Um, but Sweden and Italy are just just that um, just a, a, a step up. Um, but I think I think Morocco, um, the 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 quality in that group, it's more spread across across the teams. Um, th- there isn't on paper a very very clear. I mean, okay, they're they're with they're with Germany, who's the the, the clear the clear favourites. But for that second that second spot, there isn't an an obvious winner. There's three teams who who can, in my opinion, even if Morocco are still the underdogs, three teams who can finish second in that group. Um, yeah, with Colombia. South Korea and and Morocco, Morocco. Um, they have already. Um, they've announced a professional women's league, and um, we've seen th- since Mamelodi Sundowns won the inaugural women's Champions League. We have then seen them go and and lose that title, um, 
to as far a Moroccan club. And I think women's football is very much up and running already there. But I think that this World Cup is a chance for them to show... I mean, actually, one of the most interesting interviews that I've done in recent times uh, was with Temi Katlana, where she said that she fears that, that Morocco could overtake South Africa and become the, the next powerhouse of, of African women's football, as Nigeria once was, um, because the 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 um the league is is strong and there's uh, there's there's a technical center um south africa south africa is just not even though the 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 women's national team is is ahead morocco is just investing more in grassroots development um and i i think yeah you, you need you need your your senior national team to to go to go on and set the tone um, but yeah, I mean, they've had a club side as 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 champions, and they have they've also um, having not even progressed past the group stages of the Women's Africa Cup of Nations until 2022. Then in 2022, they went all the way to the final on home soil. So I think um, I think maybe Zambia could inspire um, could inspire more more of the underdog countries. Um, I mean, if if you're not inspired by like watching watching their games at the Olympics, then I, I I don't know what is going to inspire you. But yeah, they could continue to inspire more of the underdog countries. Whereas I think Morocco, maybe Morocco could be the country that wakes up some of the giants in in men's football, makes them realize, okay, we need to have we can and we need to have this too on the women's side because otherwise we're going to we're going to be left in the dust i'm curious um so this is ob- we're obviously very early on in the 2027 fifa women's world cup bidding process wow what a mouthful um but i'm interested as to where south africa's bid fits in with the the kind of domestic footballing landscape and the national team as well um is it something that could potentially push things forward um there's a lot of talk in i guess the bids of how it can be a great tool hosting a world cup to develop football in your nation and we're seeing that with the legacy frameworks for australia and new zealand at the moment um yeah i'm kind of interested in and what the conversation there has been like and how would you like to see a home cup home world cup in south africa i assume yes but it's always a bit more complex yeah i mean we always always every south african wants to host sporting events but um i i think that we are quite disillusioned at the moment just in terms of like the the long-term legacy we're quite disillusioned with with um what we've seen post the 2010 world cup that was supposed to be a, a massive kickstarter for for football in the country and and um yeah it hasn't hasn't really materialized there's questions over where some of the money that was spent on that tournament actually went. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, uh, I mean, the women's game still, still, even though it's getting more publicity than before, still needs that publicity. So it, it there would be one clear benefit that, that 
wasn't really needed on the men's side. Every every everyone um knows about our our men's national football team. So so they they didn't really stand to benefit anything from from that in the 2010 World Cup. Whereas the woman the woman certainly would um in in 2027, but I think I just think that um beyond that publicity we we just we need to have we need to we need to see evidence that we're really capable of of running a, a long term development program like that, but um, the publicity itself could be enough just to just to show investors um, that that there there's there's something there's something in women's football for them, even if um, the 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 overall governance of our country the overall governance of of our game leaves a lot to be desired. Um, there is still there's there's room to succeed in in women's football. Um, because we continue to defy the odds there, um, and I mean there has already been an investment drive in 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 women's football. Like I like I mentioned, um, our our league, even though it's not professional, it is we, we have a much more professional league now than four years ago. So certainly, I think the women's World Cup, um, there will be some benefits. Um, we're just not in a position right now. I think most South Africans would agree with me, where we truly trust um, the people who who make these decisions to maximize the full potential of of a World Cup on home soil. This is as a Cambria United enough. I'm just interested when <laughs> Rhoda Malazzi and uh, Risha Rojane moved made the their moves to Canberra. Was it 2018? Did that get any attention in South Africa? We have this thing where we talk about US players that, um, you know, end up playing for the national team and played in the, the A-League women's or the W-League as it was then known and we're like, made in the dub. That, that we did this, the Australian Women's League, we're responsible. But yeah, I'm not going to take that credit for, for Johnny necessarily, but I'm interested in what the reaction was mm-hmm. um- at home. I, I think I think that there was definitely some attention. I think back then any 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 woman's player who who played overseas was generating some degree of attention. It was slightly less slightly less normal than it is now. But um, I think if, even for me, it's like it's very heartwarming to see that um, they're fondly remembered over there. I think that we, as South Africans, we maybe we, we see our, our players going going abroad, but we don't. We, we may be a little bit out of touch with exactly how the fans perceive those players. It's it's really really nice to see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess as well um, in in Australia, there's there's clearly there's a there's a bigger women's football community, and it's nice to see that our players can go into that space and not just perform well, but have an actual impact on people um, to the extent that people remember them. They were so fun to watch, actually, both of those players. But we'll wrap this chat up with one final question for you. We've been talking about the World Cup. Who do you think is going to win the 2023 Women's World Cup? Yeah. Um, (laughs) to 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 be honest with you, I um I haven't actually sat there and been like you know this like I haven't made a call this team's going to be the one 
um, I, I always just by by default, I, I tend to assume the US until proven otherwise. Um, but f- based on what we saw at the Olympics, I can't say it as confidently anymore as I, as I maybe would have. I think that it's probably the most open women's world cup that that I can remember for sure. Um, I I hope I hope that we see we see an, an upset. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go with the US for now. Um just just in just because I mean first of all they they have that that winning culture in the team but also I the USA when when they are when they are stung they like to respond. I think we all agree with you that it's almost like US until proven otherwise. Like I think that's the perfect way of putting it. But Leonard, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can people find your work? Um, you can you can find me on Twitter, on on LinkedIn, um, on on Instagram, on Facebook. Yeah, my Facebook page is just just my name. Twitter my handle at Leon Solms, so first four letters of my name and then my surname. Um, yeah, LinkedIn, yeah, just my name. <laughs> um, and Instagram, Leonard Solms Sport. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really it's it's been it's been a privilege being on here. Um, there is one thing I I must I must add because I realized when I was when I was going through the the squad the Banyana Banyana squad. I, I spoke I spoke about some of the quality players that, that we had up front. I spoke about in goal. I must also add that you must keep an eye um, on our, our defense. You must keep an eye uh, Banyana Banyana Bambanani Mbane. She was really, really influential for Mamelodi Sundowns in the, the CAF Women's Champions League. And she is very much loved. Um, I think that's that's another player that that you need to watch but i think other than that i've i've said i've i've spoken as i usually do i've 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 spoken too much so yeah it's it's just thank you thank you so so much for allowing me the space to and i'll be keeping an eye on on you and best of luck best of luck to the matildas for for everything going forward um yeah i was i was born in london um i lived there the first 5 years of my life I'm so I'm a, a massive Chelsea fan, and then by extension a Sam Kerr stan. So it's been it's been fantastic watching watching her progress. Um, and yeah, all the best to you. Thank you. So it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. We can't thank you enough for sharing all of your knowledge and expertise. So we can't wait to see what Banyana Banyana do at this tournament, and we hope there's at least one win in there for them. But Thank you for jumping on and thank you all for listening. As always, we're over on ESPN.com.au and the ESPN app, as well as Spotify, Apple, Google, all of the usual pod spots. Um, If you want to have a chat to us, we're at the Far Post Pod on all social media. We've got plenty more. Well, actually, we don't. We've got only a couple more preview pods to come, but we can't wait for you to listen to them. Until next time, though, see you. (laughs) 